Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everyone? I'm Lauren McClain. The day has arrived. Six-seeded BYU men's hoops faces 11-seeded UCLA Bruins in the first round of the NCAA tournament tonight at 7.40 p.m. And we're going to dive into the historic Indiana venue that hosts this game and several others during the tournament. But first, we got to talk about all the headlines BYU Sports has made this week because there were a lot. And to help me out, we have the infamous David Phillips Jr. joining me. Jr., what was your favorite BYU Sports headline from this week? Ooh, that's tough. Ah, from this week. Um... All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a few. I'm gonna okay, throw out throw, a few here. Yeah. All right. So we have we have women's hoops playing the Rutgers in the tourney on Monday. Uh, Lauren Gustin was the AP All American honorable mention. Women's cross country won the national championship. D- Diljeet Taylor, Coach of the Year. Connor Mance wins the national championship straight out, and he is named the Mountain Region Men's Athlete of the Year for cross country. And then the men's basketball viral videos. So there were a lot there. there which, it, which ones stood out to you the most? It's hard to choose because I think the one, and, and this is interesting, but the, the one that really tugs at me I think was the women's basketball making the tournament. Having been there in Vegas and watching just the pure crushing defeat um, from that, and, and I think a lot of us thinking, yeah, they're not going to make it. And mm-hmm. it's going to come down to a, a clock not starting on time or however you saw that going. But just right. the, the pure jubilate, the joy, the uh, the video <laughs> of them finding out that they made it and just the pure joy. I think that would have to be – but, I mean, come on. Connor Mance looking back and like, hey, where is everybody on the uh, <laughs> for the national championship? And, of course, the women coming so close last year and then finally finally doing it this year and stuff was, was pretty cool. So it's, it's hard to pick a, a favorite. And, of course, you know, the men's basketball – taking advantage of uh, kind of the boredom in there to come up with the viral videos, kind of create your own magic with uh, getting trapped in an elevator. But the introductions to go get uh, COVID tests, I don't know that anyone's <laughs> been that excited to be COVID tested in the history of uh, of the world. But uh, so that, yeah, that was really, really cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I just want to say, man, congratulations, honestly, to all of cross-country men and women. They are Absolutely incredible, and I love Diljeet Taylor, uh, their head coach for the women's team. She is she's hilarious. She's so much fun, and obviously very very talented at what she does. Connor Mance is an awesome guy too, and I remember I, I watched it this week on ESPN, and uh, he they had to have a separate camera for him because he was so far ahead of everybody else running through the finish line, and and I I got chills. I got chills, Junior. I I. Just love being a BYU fan, man, right now, especially because they are doing some incredible things in all areas. All right, so let's let's talk about those viral videos. The boys drew some non-basketball national attention to themselves this week with viral videos. Uh, and BYU guard Jesse Wade escaping the jaws of a broken elevator with the help of his teammates. Then the team, including Mark Pope, each had celebratory dances and cheers, as their names were called, to get their mandatory daily COVID test. So, Junior, what I want to know is what are your honest thoughts about the video? Was that typical BYU or was it just them making the most of the moment? I I think typical BYU. Mark Pope (laughs) is amazing. Like, I I don't know that I've ever met another basketball coach or another human being that can just – 
really just bring these guys together. They've got the mantra, best locker room in America. And I know a lot of people say that, but you see it with him. You know, if you watched Thursday night with um, the Michigan State game and Tom Izzo screaming at his players and them screaming back, it's like the polar opposite with Mark Pope and the amount of love that they have for him and how they can make everything fun. Everything's fun. These guys are loose. They're enjoying it. They love it. They love him, and they want to go out and perform for him. So, I, yeah, I think this is just Mark Pope, the true Mark Pope coming out, and it, and it just it filters down to the players, and it is so much fun. Best locker and room I, in America by far. I, and I think as much as people want to make fun of it, <laughs> even recruits, they're deep down inside like, that would be a blast to be a part of that team. And I think that's part of the reason Mark Pope is so good at recruiting. And so I'm not going to lie to you. When I first watched this video, especially the one of them getting their names called uh, to go get their COVID <laughs> tests, I was like, my first thought was people are going to tear this apart on social media. Like they're going to make fun of this so bad. And I went through the comments and needless to say, there were many negative things about it. But I, and I hated that. I almost wanted to go in and punch every one of those people in the face because I'm like, <laughs> These guys are in the NCAA tournament, which not very many teams get to do that around the country. It's a special thing. They're a six lead. They're having so much fun. Why would you not just take advantage of that moment and soak it all in? This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing for some of these guys, especially those seniors or the guys that aren't going to be here. Why not just have a blast and let go and and just live in the moment? So that's one thing I loved. And, and like you said about Mark Pope, they do it with the players. The coaches are involved with the players and all this, these fun moments. And I, I think that speaks volumes of the program, don't you think? Oh, definitely. And it's love what you do and love who you're with. And, and, and that's the thing. That's what draws these players. So you, you talk about the Matt Harms, who basically most teams in the country wanted him. But what's the difference is the connection he felt with Mark Pope, Brandon Averett, you know, um, there was a great deep blue about Alex Barcelo and just how Mark Pope kind of saved him and just how much fun the smiles on these guys' faces. And and that's the thing is he can push them to the limit because they know he cares and they love him. And that's a hey, I, I I have absolutely loved watching this team just through everything and stuff and the amount of fun they're having. And yeah, people are gonna make fun. But there's going to be a lot of recruits and a lot of parents who are going to be like, that's where you want to be. You don't want to, you know, that with or Tom Izzo in people's face screaming at him and stuff. <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather it. hang with Mark Pope and have fun and be awkward dancing with Mark Pope. But, hey, Je <laughs> shout out to uh, Jesse Wade for surviving that. Now, Lauren, right? could you handle being locked in an elevator for 45 minutes? Well, if I have my phone and I have service, I'd probably be okay. I'm not claustrophobic, so if I knew I was going to be saved, you know what I'm saying, I would be just fine. But if someone has claustrophobia, that's that's scary stuff. That's that's insane. I'm just glad nobody got hurt. I'm glad yeah. none of the players got hurt trying to open that that door because that's that was disconcerting. But it was super fun to watch their reaction when he got out. His face was priceless. When they got that first crack open, oh, I loved it so much. Yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah, who wouldn't want Richard Harwood there prying open the door for you? <laughs> no. What I was going to say about Mark Pope, too, is he has four girls of his own, so you know that he looks to these guys like they're his sons. So I'm sure he puts a little bit extra love in, into uh, the way he demonstrates um, 
how much he cares about each one of these players for that fact. All right, so, Junior, tonight BYU gets to play in the historic Hinkle Fieldhouse, the home of the Butler Bulldogs. Here's a list of a few random facts about the venue that you need to know. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. It was built in 1928. The Hinkle Fieldhouse has a rich history and was the largest basketball arena in the U.S. until 1950. It was taken over by Williams Arena, which is the main residence of the Minnesota's men and women's basketball teams. Junior, do you know what the current largest college basketball arena is right now? College basketball. Throw one out. Throw a team out. Um, I'm going to say Kansas. It is Syracuse. The Carrier Dome uh-huh. uh, is the biggest by a landslide and has 34,616 seats. Wow. So Syracuse has the largest basketball college basketball arena right now, but it used to be the Hinkle Fieldhouse back in uh, 1928 to 1950. All right, number two, sixth oldest college basketball arena still in use. What's the number one? This one's kind of hard. I'll give you a hint. It's in Boston. Oh, is it? The oldest basketball arena still in use. I guess I don't know the name of it. Would it be Harvard's? It was. It's Northwestern's. It's Northwestern's venue in Boston. It's called Matthews Arena. All right, number three. It was designated a U.S. National Historic Landmark in 1987, and it's sometimes referred to as Indiana's Basketball Cathedral. That's That's how... Fantastic this place is, apparently. They, they they see it as a cathedral. Wow. All right, number four. It's been the basketball arena for Butler since 1928, with the exception of two years. 1943 to 1945, it was converted to a military barracks during World War II. How crazy is that? Wow. That is I interesting. I know. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool as a basketball player to, to be able to play in a venue like that? Yeah. that's. I mean, hey, that's that's how they got Gordon Hayward, right? That's right. Ah, oh, good old Gordon Hayward. We have mixed feelings about him, don't we, as Jazz fans? All yep. right, here we go. And number five. Okay, are you a fan of Hoosiers? Oh, the of movie. course. It's great. Hoosiers movie. the movie. Oh, yes. All right. Did, did you know the final scenes of the film Hoosiers were filmed at Hinkle Fieldhouse, and it was the, the championship game? So those scenes were filmed in Hinkle, Hinkle Fieldhouse. That's Junior? pretty awesome. And, the, hey, it's already been measured. They already uh, – Gene Hackman's already measured. The, uh, the hoop is 10 feet. <laughs> and all that one of the greatest scenes in a uh, sports movie it and is stuff. good yeah so the the yeah they don't have to worry now because gene hackman has them covered that is that's a great film i i honestly i've only seen it through don't judge me one time <laughs> i've only seen it entire through one time but but it's classic and so when i when i i knew it was in indiana obviously but when i found out the final scenes were Hinkle Fieldhouse, I thought that was so cool that BYU was going to be playing there. Yeah. What is, okay, Junior, I have to ask really, really fast. What is your favorite basketball movie? Your number one basketball movie? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, you got like oh, Coach Carter. You Coach got Carter. Uh, Space Jam is always in there. Space. Hoosiers. <laughs> um, Glory Road. Now, actually, mm. an interesting story. I think what makes it a little more fun for me is I went back and and I did a game for Fox and we did the 50 year anniversary of Texas Western, but they honored that team at halftime and stuff. And so we got to be there and for that. And so that, that was kind of cool to see that, um, 
you know, one of the great things of El Paso, Texas, I guess. So I would have to say Glory Road, based on on having met some of the players that were in there. I, mm. I kind of have that, but you know, Space Jam is you, you can't go wrong there, or Hoosiers. Wrong with, yes, exactly. I I have to go with Space Jam because that just <laughs> defines my childhood right there. I, I loved it so much. Oh yeah. All right. If, if that wasn't enough, you guys, coming up next, we have Butler's Associate Athletic Director of Communications, John Dedman, who we talked to earlier this week, and he'll tell us some of the coolest things about the historic venue and what it takes to host the NCAA tournament. This is Cougar Tail. Welcome back to the Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. For the first time in six years, BYU Men's Hoop is gearing up for the first round of the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. And to give us an insider scoop into the Hinkle Fieldhouse, where all the madness happens, we have joining us the Associate Athletic Director of Communications for Butler University, John Dedman. John, I I know this must be an insane week for you, so thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Yeah, yeah, happy to do it. We're we're just excited to be hosting basketball and for the NCAA tournament to be back. So uh, we are we are riding high here. <laughs> it's such a fun time of the year, and you've been back with the Bulldogs for six seasons, but that was after spending nine years on the Indiana Sports Corps staff, which spearheaded the operations for events in Indiana, including the 2010 and 2015 Final Four. So, needless to say, this isn't your first rodeo. How have you been involved this time around in your current role at Butler? Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, the 2010 was so unique for me as a, as a Butler grad, because I was working there as, as Gordon Hayward shot hung in the air for what felt like, you know, (laughs) 45 minutes. Um, And then, you know, Indianapolis um, is just such a great sports town, you know, so many events, especially basketball with the NCAA here. And, um, you know, this was supposed to be our eighth final four as a city anyway. And then obviously COVID hit and um, we, you know, as a, as a world, we kind of pivoted, and as a as a basketball industry, we kind of pivoted as college athletics. So, um, to get back to your actual question, <laughs> since I've dodged <laughs> it for a couple minutes here, uh, but you know what I'm what we're doing here at Hinkle is we are one of the six venues uh, that the NCAA is using to host all games of the tournament here in Central Indiana. Uh, we've got games all the way through the Sweet Sixteen. Um, we've got three a day for uh, what will end up being six different days. Uh, my role here is I'm the media coordinator for all the games, um, which is uh, similar to what I do for my day job. I, I work with our men's basketball team here. I'm part of our senior staff, uh, blah, blah, blah in that regard. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll be uh, we've got facility folks. We've got uh, our in-house TV uh, group. We've got myself. We've got, uh, you know, hospitality, you know, all the all the different uh, areas because we're essentially running 16 really, really large game days for us. And um, the NCA has given us uh, the ability to, they've tried to make it a, a similar experience among all the venues, uh, but not all of them are built the same. And right. the operations, you know, you have to kind of work the plan that, that works for that venue that we do, you know, for us in a normal year, we do it here 18, 19 times with men's basketball games. So, we are trying to, uh, to, to give a great experience with a little bit of a, a Hinkle flair to it. Um, and I'm really excited because we're, uh, you know, we're, we're playing basketball now. And uh, this, is, this is really exciting for us. The only 
thing I wish is that the Butler Bulldogs were, uh, <laughs> were playing at a, at a different venue cause they wouldn't have allowed us to play here. And, um, I would love to, to be in the, in the bubble with our team and pass this off to somebody else. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm here and I'm excited because uh, the second best thing is to be able to, uh, to host NCAA tournament games, even if you're not involved. I know. Dang it. Well, you guys have a lot on your plate. It, it's been 81 years since an NCAA tournament was last played at the Hinkle Fieldhouse. How was Butler chosen for the honor once again? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, Hinkle, you know, built in 1928. There's so much history here, uh, basketball and other events. You know, Jesse Owens ran uh, indoor track relays here in 19, you know, in the 1930s. We've hosted six presidents here. Um, but at the, at the core of what Hinkle is, it's, it's a fantastic basketball venue. The sight lines, just the, the, the historic charm of it versus uh, some of the renovations we've done over the last decade really make it just an awesome place to watch a game. I'm incredibly biased. I'm a Butler grad. <laughs> you know, I've worked here twice. Um, but, you know, I travel with our men's basketball team. I've seen basketball at a number of venues around the country, and Hinkle stacks up with them, um, you know, pound for pound. Um, so I think, you know, Hinkle was chosen for all those reasons, you know, but also for the proximity since we're here in Indianapolis mm-hmm. and we are, you know, within a 20 minute drive of the NCA headquarters. Um, and we also have a venue that, that pulls off really big games for national television, uh, including CBS, uh, and our partner at Fox, which is a big East partner, you know, we're hosting Big East games on a big level, uh, you know, throughout the season. So we have the experience of doing it. Hinkle can do it. Um, but we have the opportunity now to showcase Hinkle to uh, a national television audience that gets to see us from time to time, but also to, to fans, you know, such as the, you know, the fans for, for BYU who are making the trip out here, who probably have never seen a game at Hinkle before. Maybe they have, but we hope that this is a really cool experience for them not only because their team is playing in the NCAA tournament, but also because they get to see a game at Hinkle. I love that. And I think you're right. Most BYU fans have probably not been able to uh, see a game at Hinkle Fieldhouse because BYU doesn't play Butler very often. So in your opinion, what is the coolest thing about playing in the Hinkle Fieldhouse for those of us who have never been there? Yeah, you know, it's there's a couple things. I think, you know, normally, you know, again, pre-COVID, uh, with, with our normal setup, you really feel like you're on top of the action. You know, we have students in the uh, what we call the dog pound, which are in the end zones right behind the baskets. Um, but our our seats, uh, you know, are you know, you feel like you're you're at a basketball venue that's built for basketball. The sight lines are great. I mean, I, I literally have watched games from the last row of this place as a fan years ago, and they're great seats. Um, so, the, you know, it truly is a uh, it's a venue built for basketball. Uh, but then you can also, you know, it's, it's cliched and a little corny, but like you can feel the history, like hmm. um, you can, you know, you, you walk the concourses and it looks like a building that was in a good way that was built in the 1920s, you know, in terms <laughs> of the, the craftsmanship and the attention to detail. And we've gone out, our, uh, gone out of our way to preserve that, you know, every time we've renovated, we've tried to keep Hinkle Hinkle, if that makes any sense. Yes. Uh, you know, we've, We've done a lot of things to our practice gym, which is off to the side here at Hinkle, but we really have tried to keep that main arena area the same. So, it, you know, it doesn't feel like 1954, but you feel like this place has been around for a long time and hosted a lot of big games and is just, a, it's, 
again, incredibly biased. I'm not, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll make it seem like I'm a, a neutral third party here. But, no, hey, you don't uh, need to be. Is, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's just such a great place to, to watch a game. I love that so much. I love these old venues that have such a rich history. And I think you're right. There's kind of a different feel when you go into those types of venues. But you mentioned that one of the greatest things about uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse is the fans kind of feel like they're on top of you. But this year of college basketball has been like none other, obviously, due to the pandemic. So the tournament is expected to kind of follow suit. What will games in the Hinkle Fieldhouse look like for the players in terms of COVID-19 protocols? Sure. So, um, you know, Butler, uh, we worked with our campus and with our local health officials. We had fans uh, throughout the regular season. We, we were approved up to 25%, um, which was, you know, a, a smaller capacity, but it was great to have fans here. Right. You know, there's, there's just something about people cheering at the right times and, and adding some energy versus being in uh, kind of a, a completely sterile environment, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Um, so we'll have uh, a lot of those same protocols will carry through in terms of what the NCAA is asking all of the venues to do. Um, some of the plans are a little bit specific to the venues, but the main protocol that's been put in place is to really create a bubble for each team. You know, we found ways to ha- for that to happen here at Hinkle with our setup in terms of their access points to the court and how they come in and out for practice and really uh, limiting interaction. But you'll see things that you've, you've seen other places in terms of the team bench areas are spread out. They're bigger than, they're, than they normally are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't as many people on the scores table or around the team benches. Um, our fan seating is in pods. And for the most part, it is um, away from, from the teams. It's off the court a little bit more. Um, but then, you know, we have, of course, masks throughout, you know, for everybody who's either working the games or attending as a fan, you'll be wearing a mask throughout, uh, which has become fairly common. Mm-hmm. Um, concessions are a little bit more grab and go prepackaged type things. Um, we're promoting distancing in restroom lines and uh, concession lines. Um, so all of those things that I, you know, I think are become fairly universal as part right. of your daily life the last right. you know, year. Um, you'll, you'll see here. Right. Well, kind of like you said, nothing out of the ordinary for this past year, I guess. So it's, it's something people will be used to. So I want to know, obviously you guys have been extremely busy. What have the preparations been like leading up to this weekend? Cause this is an incredible opportunity for Butler university as it would be for any university. So what have the preparations been like leading up to this? Yeah, you know, I think um, we're used to big events here in Indianapolis, and Butler is used to being a part of those. So I think there's, a, you know, a little bit of a playbook that we've had, but this playbook is probably unlike any other. Uh, <laughs> so the the preparations have really been on the university side of how can we um, how can we host the best experience that we can. Um, but it's you know, for my counterparts with all these teams, I'm doing most of this via phone and text because. While I'm about a hundred feet from the court where practice, you know, is, and games are going on, I'm not out there uh, interacting with everybody just because of the protocols. So we're trying to be a, a good host for everybody and give them what they need. And we're trying to, um, you know, from a from a media standpoint, we're working with the the media members who are either covering this from a national standpoint or team specific because the, a lot of them have questions uh, like you have had about Hinkle and its history and protocols and things. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're trying to do everything we can to pro- provide a, a safe and um, great experience for those teams that come here. It's it's unique because 
I'm pretty sure that the teams we have in the first round here will go to a different venue for the second round, hmm. you know, so, uh, which is, which is unique because usually this is eight cities and you have a pod of teams and you work through to get essentially two winners, uh, for the first and second rounds in a normal year. But, you know, BYU obviously is, is playing here. Uh, but Texas and Abilene Christian, you know, the other game, they're not playing here. They're at a different mm-hmm. venue, uh, which I think means that the winners of these games will go to an, a third venue so that neither of them has the advantage of having played in the arena before. So right. that's something unique to, to this year and to having it all in one city. And, um, that also means that for our second round games on Sunday and Monday, we're probably going to have 12 new teams, uh, <laughs> which is, uh, which is great because you get to, you know, meet new people and, and expose even more, you know, teams and their fans and things to Hinkle Fieldhouse. Um, but just when you get to know somebody, they leave you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, that sounds sad. I, I know, it is sad. It is sad. And You're breaking up with, with hundreds of people every day. <laughs> Well, Indiana is a great place, obviously known for producing some amazing basketball players. Uh, but you're originally from central Kentucky, also a great basketball state. And you told us you remember watching Mark Poe play when he was on that national championship Kentucky team in 96. So what do you remember from those days? I just remember those teams were incredible. I mean, uh, you know, and, you know, it's, here's a great example. You know, we've got Iona is one of our teams. So Rick Bettino is is here for the first round as well, who mm-hmm. was, you know, uh, around that time as well. But you know, I, I just remember those teams that, that Mark Pope was part of, you know, somebody, it, you know, a, a Dick Vitale, somebody at that time said, you know, the second unit of those teams because of the depth hmm. could probably beat a lot of the teams in the country at the time. You know, oh, they, just, wow. they were, they were full of, of NBA players. They, they played a, a pretty up-tempo, uh, up-tempo style, um, but just the depth, you know, with, with during his time there, I know, you know, Antoine Walker and Tony Delk and Ron Mercer, I believe uh, I get some of those years kind of intermingled and, and confused a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> I know he was a big part of it. You know, he was, he was playing, you know, 20 minutes a game on really, really good teams and had transferred from Washington. Um, and then obviously, you know, his, his coaching career, I mean, the, the records and results that he's had have been incredibly impressive, you know, kind of watching from afar just as a college basketball fan following what he's done at, at both of his stops has been really impressive. Yeah, he's been, he's been an incredible coach for a few different schools, especially for BYU. All right, John Dedman, the Athletic Director of Communications for Butler University. John, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. And I, I'm excited to watch BYU play and get a little better look into the Hinkle Fieldhouse. Sounds great. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much. And that does it for today. Thanks again to John Dedman and David Phillips Jr. for coming on the show with me. And you can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. Round one of the big dance tonight for BYU men's hoops. This is Cougar Tailgate.